0: I am letting go of this intense desire that I have within myself to add more and more and more and more and become better and better and better. And I am committed to getting really good at making an impact and showing up as the leader who I want to be with the exact skill set I have right in this moment, because that skill set is more than enough to help me make my professional goals and dreams a reality. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzek, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here and now on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and being here. I'm Jess. I am a New York Times featured podcaster and I am also a career coach for ambitious women who work in a corporate or 9 to 5 type of role. I am here and I am really on a mission with my show, with my coaching programs, with everything I do. I'm on a mission to help women build confidence, find a really strong voice in the workplace and ultimately advance and elevate into leadership positions. The mission of this show is really to help create more female leaders, more confident, thriving female leaders out in the corporate space and everything that I share is really designed to help you do that. So if you're someone who really cares about your career and really wants to advance and thrive and stretch yourself and get promoted and lead, you are in the perfect place. And today I am talking about something that is so pervasive that I see so often with my coaching clients, both my one-on-one clients and my clients who I support in my small group coaching program, the Art of Speaking Up Academy. What I'm talking about today is imposter syndrome, and I'm going to be telling you a little bit about what imposter syndrome is, and I'm going to be offering you an alternative way to tackle imposter syndrome, because what I so often see is that a lot of times people get very stuck in feelings of imposter syndrome for prolonged periods of time, for years, for decades, and part of the reason that that happens is because They're approaching imposter syndrome and they're trying to solve imposter syndrome in a way that's actually making the imposter syndrome bigger and more prevalent. And what I want to do is help you identify whether you might be in that pattern so that you can find more empowering ways to shrink the impact of imposter syndrome so that it doesn't have such a big impact on your self-confidence, on your execution, and on how you feel in your role. So what I'm going to do in today's episode is, first, I'm going to briefly define what imposter syndrome is. Then I'm going to walk you through a very simple framework that we're going to use to understand the different ways you can attempt to tackle imposter syndrome so that it doesn't have such a debilitating effect on your confidence And then I'm going to walk you through a mistake that often gets made that keeps people perpetually stuck in imposter syndrome. And then I'm going to offer you another approach to imposter syndrome, which I think is far more freeing and far more effective. And this is the approach that I like to use both in my own growth and in building out my own career path and also with my clients. And I will tell you that I am super familiar with imposter syndrome, not only because I'm someone who has really struggled with self-confidence and I've gone on a massive journey from like doubting myself and feeling just like lame, like a total loser, not liking myself, not feeling confident, to really feeling solid about who I am, having an enduring love and adoration for myself, feeling genuinely confident. Not only have I gone on that journey from like really lacking confidence to having a deep seated confidence that is really hard to shake. It's it's always with me on some level. But in addition to that, I've also made really big career changes and really big career pivots in my own career. And what I have found is that imposter syndrome, even when you don't make career pivots, even when you have a ton of expertise in one area, imposter syndrome can still be really intense, even if you've worked in that same area or that same field for years and years and years. But imposter syndrome gets even more intense when you shift onto a new career path. And I've done that twice So, I shifted from a career path as a lawyer. I went to law school, and instead of using my law degree to be a lawyer, like most people do, I went into management consulting and corporate strategy, which was 0% utilization of my law degree. It was a full, full, full pivot. And then, after I built a successful career as a corporate strategist and became an executive, After doing that for several years, I pivoted to becoming a coach and starting my own business and taking this podcast full time. So I've made two major, major, like drastic pivots in my career where I went from one area of focus to something completely unrelated. And I've worked through the imposter syndrome, like the deeper imposter syndrome that comes with career pivots because I see this with my clients as well who are making a change in their career path. The imposter syndrome that that brings up can be so intense, it can actually prevent people from making career changes that they deeply want to make, like deep inside their hearts that are so important to them. They deny themselves that change. They deny themselves that career path because the feelings of imposter syndrome are so intense. So I just share this to let you know that I'm speaking to you from experience, from personal experience, and as someone who really struggled with imposter syndrome and honestly, who really doesn't struggle with it anymore. There are some struggles, I feel like, that keep popping up for me over and over again, and imposter syndrome just isn't one of them. Like, my mind just doesn't go to that place of, like, maybe I don't know enough anymore. And it really liked to be in that place of, like, I don't know enough, I'm not good enough. It really liked to be in that place in an earlier phase of my career. So I really hope what I share with you today can help you Get that transformation as well because it is so freeing. Okay, so let's start with the definition of imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is the persistent sense that you are lacking the competence required to succeed and deliver in your role. It feels different for different people. Some people experience it as like a nagging anxiety. Some people experience it as almost like this secret that they're hiding, that they're afraid that people are going to find out. So there's different flavors of it. But in general, one thing that's shared across different people who experience imposter syndrome is just this sense that they don't measure up. And this sense that they don't measure up is going to be the basis for a framework that I'm going to use in today's episode to walk you through the different ways you can attempt to navigate imposter syndrome and shrink imposter syndrome. And I want to help you see how you can have a more empowering relationship with imposter syndrome and with your skill set so that you can execute powerfully and confidently in your role without having to be perfect and have every single skill and be amazing at everything and have all of the answers. Okay, so now that we've defined imposter syndrome, I want to share with you how I think of it in my mind and the framework that is always in my head when I'm coaching someone on imposter syndrome or reflecting on how to help a client of mine feel more solid in their skill set. So, the way that I think about imposter syndrome is kind of like a height requirement for a roller coaster at an amusement park. Now, most of us listening to this show (laughs) haven't had this problem in our lives in a while, but you might recall that when you were really little, when you were a little kid and you went to the fair or to an amusement park or to Disneyland or somewhere where there's rides and roller coasters you might remember the height requirement, right? And how if you want to ride the roller coaster, you have to be a certain minimum height and you would stand up against like the little thingy that measures your height to see if you were tall enough and you had to kind of, you know, hold off on some of the rides and wait until you were tall enough to ride those rides. So when I'm thinking about imposter syndrome... I often use that as a visual in my mind to visualize imposter syndrome. So, the way that I think about imposter syndrome is that when you're in your role, you have an expectation of where your skill set needs to be. You have an expectation in your mind of what level and set of skills you quote unquote should have in your role. I think of that as the height requirement that you set for yourself, right? So just like there's a height requirement to ride a roller coaster, in your mind, you create a height requirement for success in your role, only instead of it being height, it's a list of skills that you need to have to succeed in your role. (laughs) So instead of you needing to be five feet tall, the list is more like you need to be good at X and you need to be good at Y and you need to be good at Z and you need to be good at A, B, and C. So I refer to that quote-unquote height requirement or that expectation of where your skill set should be, I refer to that as like the benchmark. That is the benchmark for success. So imposter syndrome happens when you are not quote-unquote tall enough to ride the ride. You are not tall enough to ride the ride of success. In other words, the benchmark that you have set for yourself that you believe contains the criteria for successful execution in your role is too high and you do not measure up to it. You are too short to ride the roller coaster. So you do not meet the benchmark that is set in your mind. Now, the reason that I like this framework so much is because it highlights something about imposter syndrome that most people don't initially see. What it highlights about imposter syndrome is that there are two ways that we can go about solving imposter syndrome. If you have a benchmark or a height requirement and you do not meet that height requirement, you do not meet that benchmark, there's a gap, right? There's a gap between your skill set, there's a gap between your height and where you need to be to meet the benchmark. There are two ways to close that gap. And typically, most people and most human brains will focus first on the most obvious way to close the gap, which is to get taller, to get tall enough to ride the ride. So in the case of imposter syndrome, if there's a gap between the benchmark of the skills I need to have and how good at things I think I need to be to succeed in my job, if there's a gap between that and my actual skill set, What most people will default to quickly as a solution is I need to expand my skill set. I need to gain more skills. I need to get better at all of these things. And then I will meet the benchmark. And this is how most people tackle imposter syndrome. They have a benchmark in their minds for who they need to be. Because if there's not a benchmark, you can't fall short, right? It's not possible to feel inadequate, to feel like you're falling short unless there is some deeper expectation of who you think you need to be. So you have some benchmark, some high expectation, some high standard of who you think you need to be to succeed in your role. You don't measure up to that standard. You are not tall enough to ride the roller coaster, so you focus on getting taller. You focus on building more skills to close that gap. Now, this is not the only way to close that gap and to ride the roller coaster. And in fact, it is not the best way to close the gap. And it is the reason why so many people stay stuck in imposter syndrome. Because what I have found is that as people get taller, quote unquote, and as they expand their skill set, they raise the height requirement for the roller coaster. They raise their expectation of who they need to be in their role. In other words, people will often say, I am missing all of these skills, I need to acquire these skills in order to hit this benchmark of who I think I need to be to be successful in this role and they go out and acquire those skills but then they still don't feel good enough, they still have imposter syndrome and it's because they've now identified more skills, right? more things that they can get good at that they weren't aware of before. So it's as if there's a little kid at an amusement park And that little kid is not tall enough to ride the roller coaster. And the ride operator says to the little kid, like, hey, kid, you're not tall enough, but you only have one inch left. And then when you grow one inch, you can come back and ride the roller coaster. And the little kid is so excited. And they're like, "Okay, it's disappointing that I can't ride the roller coaster today, but it's only one inch. I'm growing really quickly. In a few months, I'm going to come back to the amusement park with my family And I'm going to be able to ride the roller coaster. And so the kid measures his or her height every single day. And the kid has grown an inch. And they're officially tall enough to ride the roller coaster. And they come back to the amusement park. And they wait in line. And they get to the front of the line. And the ride attendant says, oh, I'm sorry. You can't ride the roller coaster. And the kid says, but why? Like, I grew an inch. I'm now tall enough. And the ride attendant says, well, I I want this ride to be extra safe. I want there to be no risk. I really want to make sure 100% you won't fall out of the roller coaster cart. So now the height requirement is this height. And the kid is super disappointed and super frustrated because that change that happened wasn't enough to solve the problem. And this is the cycle that we get ourselves in with imposter syndrome. We set this benchmark, we fall short of the benchmark, we increase our skill set. Yet we don't experience that sense of satisfaction of closing the gap because what we often do is we continue to raise the benchmark. So instead of the gap closing and us feeling more competent and confident and us feeling like, oh, I am building the skills, I am getting better, I am seeing that I'm evolving and improving and getting stronger in my job, Instead of that happening, what happens is we raise the benchmark. And we're not even always doing this consciously, right? It's not like we consciously say, oh, I want to sabotage myself and make my own life a living H-E-L-L. So therefore, I'm going to set these insanely high standards for myself that are really hard to meet. And then when I do meet them, I'm going to raise the standards so I can continue to beat myself up for not being good enough. I don't think that we consciously do that to ourselves, but I do think that we unconsciously do that to ourselves. It's a mechanism that plays out that we don't even realize is happening, but the good news is it's a mechanism you can change. And that brings me to the second way of tackling imposter syndrome, which I have found to be far more empowering and effective. So if there is a gap between your skill set, and the benchmark that you think is where you need to be in order to be successful in your role, you have two options for how you can close that gap. The first option is you can increase your skill set. But the second option, and I would argue the better option, is that you can lower the benchmark. So this would be equivalent to the roller coaster being like, you actually don't need to be seven feet to ride this roller coaster. Like (laughs) five feet, six inches is totally, totally fine or whatever the height requirement would be, right? Five feet, six inches seems like a really (laughs) tall height requirement for a roller coaster. But we have more options, right? We can meet the benchmark by lowering the benchmark. And what I have found is that often, and this is this is something that I do as well, this is a trap that I fall into so often and I catch myself and I try to snap myself out of this as often as I can. But I think that as women, so often, we engage in this pattern across so many areas of our lives where we're setting a benchmark that's unattainable and we're expending enormous amounts of energy trying to meet this unattainable benchmark and also never quite feeling like we're closing the gap, even if we're, quote unquote, making progress. So what I think is so fascinating about imposter syndrome and about viewing it through this lens, through this framework of setting a benchmark that you can never attain, is that once you look at it that way, you can start to see that pattern popping up in different areas of our lives as women, And we can really, truly start to get our minds around how disempowering it is and how it robs us of our own genius, our self-confidence, all of the things that I think are part of our birthright as women go away when we engage in this pattern. And this is the pattern of setting an impossibly high benchmark and never questioning whether that benchmark is in the right place. And focusing only on fixing and self-improving in order to attain that benchmark. There are so many ways that this happens, right? This happens with our physical appearance. We have an idea, a benchmark of how we think that we need to look, right? Maybe we think we need to be thinner. Maybe we think that our face needs to look different. Our skin isn't good enough. Or Like there's so many things I could list it out for ages and ages, Right. And so often, instead of questioning that and saying, well, is that the right benchmark? Is that what I want to aim for? We, we don't question it at all. Instead, we assume that we are wrong. Something's wrong with us. We need to change. We need to become more physically attractive. We might do this in other areas of our lives, right? Maybe your home needs to be more beautiful, more clean, more well-decorated. Maybe this happens with your overall life. You feel like you need to have a more interesting life, a more active social life, more this, more that. There's so many expectations of who we need to be as women. And we get into these ongoing patterns of contorting ourselves and self-improving in order to meet a benchmark when what I find is that asking ourselves whether we want that as our benchmark and whether that benchmark is really true to what we want in our lives and how we define success. I find that that's way more empowering. So just like with physical appearance, we could say, hold on, you know, this standard of how I'm told I'm supposed to look, I can spend a lot of time trying to fit that standard or I can question that standard. We can apply that same exact line of thinking to any imposter syndrome that we experience in our careers. And instead of saying, okay, I need to get smarter, I need to get better, I need to have more skills, we can say, wait a minute. What is the standard that I'm holding myself to? And does it make sense? And is it a standard that I want to adopt? Is it in my best interests? Is it going to help me further my career? And what I find so often is that when we can question the benchmark and question the standard, we can make such rapid growth and such rapid progress when it comes to our imposter syndrome versus when we're constantly trying to meet the standard. Because first of all, like I mentioned before, when we're trying to meet that high benchmark, we often keep raising it higher and higher and higher. But the other reason that I also like questioning the benchmark and questioning the expectation versus just trying to improve ourselves to meet the high expectation, to meet the high benchmark, the other reason that I like questioning it is because the belief system – that drives us to try to self-improve to meet a very high expectation, a high benchmark, is a disempowering belief system. When the benchmark is high and we're trying to fix ourselves and gain more skills to reach it, we're operating from a belief that we are not enough, that we are lacking something. It's the same belief that drives us To play out that pattern in other places in our lives, to think we need to be more attractive, more whatever, more social, more charming. like All the things that we think that we need more of, they so often come from this disempowering belief that who I am now, the person I am right in this moment isn't enough. And when that's the case, I have to build more skills, I have to add on more, I have to change, I have to grow, I have to improve, because who I am now doesn't meet this benchmark. And I don't, I personally don't wanna operate from that belief system. I want to operate from a belief system that feels really good inside. And when I imagine that I'm missing things and I'm not enough and I can't do it the way I am and I need all these extra things, when I'm operating from that belief system, I feel really crappy about myself. I feel really small and I don't feel powerful and I don't feel strong and I don't feel solid. And so what I like to do and what I suggest you do is actually work on changing the benchmark. And what's interesting is that I'm not gonna use the term lower the benchmark because lowering the benchmark, the word lowering has a negative connotation. Kind of a negative feel to it. And I think that when we question the perfectionist benchmark, even if we're technically, quote unquote, lowering it, I think what we're really doing is we're raising our standards. We're making our standards for ourselves and how we treat ourselves higher. So even though the benchmark is going down, the standard for how we relate to ourselves is going up. Because what we're saying is, we're saying, I refuse to expect perfection of myself. I refuse to hold myself to standards that I don't hold other people to. I refuse to not acknowledge the gifts and talents that I already bring. I refuse to believe that I am inherently missing something that other people have. That refusal is a raising of our standards. We are treating ourselves with the respect and reverence that we deserve. So even though we're lowering the benchmark, we're raising our standards and we're saying, I'm no longer willing to put up with a belief system and an approach to my career that is rooted in beliefs and feelings of inadequacy and unworthiness, which means I am letting go of this intense desire that I have within myself to add more and more and more and more and become better and better and better. And I am committed to getting really good at making an impact and showing up as the leader who I want to be with the exact skill set I have right in this moment, because that skill set is more than enough to help me make my professional goals and dreams a reality. This perspective is so much more empowering. It feels so much better. And the irony is, like the wild thing about it is that it leads to better performance. It leads you to actually do more in your role. Because when you feel the powerful, confident feeling that comes from that perspective, You show up bigger. You show up stronger. You have bigger impact with lesser effort because you feel on fire and you feel so solid inside. Now, I want to highlight that this doesn't mean that skills don't matter. And this doesn't mean that you never want to enhance your skill set, but you want to do it from a place of feeling like a badass and feeling really confident and feeling really awesome about yourself versus from a place of feeling inadequate. Because it's very different to say, I'm confident, I can do this, I can make things happen, and I want to learn this new skill. That's a very, very different energy, a very different state to be in than thinking, if I don't learn this new skill, I am doomed because I am not good enough. And that urgency and that panic makes it really hard for you to connect with your brilliance and your genius. So, It's not that you can't build new skills and grow and evolve, but you want to focus equally on feeling confident and solid in who you are, because then the skills and all the growth will actually stick in your mind. You'll be able to internalize it. You'll be able to see your own growth versus when you pursue skills from that place of feeling like you're missing something. It never sticks because your brain just keeps going back to the feeling that you're missing something. So it's just so important, so, so, so important to work on moving the benchmark to a place that feels empowering and work on liking, loving, being really into and obsessed with your current skill set and all that it can do. And the truth is what is so helpful for you to understand, especially if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, I like this idea, Jess, but like also what if I really am not good at certain things that other people are good at? I just want to point out to you that being good at everything isn't how you advance in a company. The way that you advance is you get really, really good at a couple of things and you create an enormous amount of value from those things. So the faster that you can find those things and the faster that you can let go of a fantasy of being perfect at everything and being... A Jack or a Jill of all trades and all things, the faster you're going to grow professionally. Really good leaders know how to make impact with what they have, with what they're good at today, and how to strategically fill in the gaps for places where they're not as strong. There's no such thing as someone who's good at everything. The people who are succeeding, they're not succeeding because they're good at everything or because they're trying to be good at everything. They're succeeding because they're not trying to be good at everything. There's so much more success available when you think you're a badass just as you are. I promise you, if you can snap into that feeling and get good at building that capability within yourself, you will be so much more effective than if you build every single skill in the entire world but never have that deeper, more enduring confidence to back it up. So I hope this is good news because it means that if you're in a cycle of trying to self-improve and it doesn't feel like it's getting anywhere and it doesn't feel like your imposter syndrome is going away, you're not doomed forever. You have to just give up your commitment to wanting to meet this higher bar. And instead, I recommend you focus on questioning the standard you've set for yourself and focus on being able to find confidence in your ability to drive impact with the skill set that you have now. So in the amusement park analogy, instead of going to the amusement park and getting really upset because you're too short to ride seven of the roller coasters, it's the equivalent to going to the amusement park and being like, you know what? I'm going to have the best damn day at this amusement park. I'm going to have more fun than even the tallest person at this park and making that happen for yourself. That's what you want to do with imposter syndrome. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you found this helpful, and if you want to go deeper into dismantling your imposter syndrome and lowering the benchmark and growing your confidence, I have a free video course I created. It's called Three Steps to Tackling Imposter Syndrome, and it walks you through this process in detail and gives you specific action steps so that you can take your process deeper and grow that internal sense of self-trust and self-confidence. This free course is one of the many free courses that I include in my free resource library, which is a one-stop shop for all of my free courses, ebooks, and workbooks. If you would like to take this free course, Three Steps to Tackling Imposter Syndrome, as well as just get access to my entire free resource library, All you have to do is click the link in the show notes or go to com slash free resources. And at the very top of that page, the first button you will see is a button that gets you access to my free resource library, where you will find the course on imposter syndrome that'll help you take this deeper. That is justguzzitcoaching.com slash free resources and it will also include the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in. If you had any light bulb moments or epiphanies in this episode, please let me know. I will drop my contact information in the show notes. I love to hear from you. It really, really makes my day. So thank you so much for being here, and I'll catch you in the next one. Bye!